And I don't know if you remember, but we were getting into uh, autumn and then winter, and I saw a meme that said this, came out in the evening, I'm getting out of my daytime jammies to get into my nighttime jammies. <laughs> right? So who, for who was that true? Right? And that was true for me. Why? Because before that, life was go, go, go. Go, go, go. We get kids or not, or work or not. Just wake up before the sun comes up. Have breakfast, have coffee. I'll beat the traffic to get to the north or to get into the city. Drop the kids off somewhere along the line. Meeting after meeting. Get home late. Shove some food in your face and go to sleep absolutely tired. And then roots and repeats Monday to Friday. For some of you, even Saturday. And then life's not done with you yet. Because then it's kids' events and sporting events and shopping that needs to be done and church events. Man, oh man, it was go, go, go. And then what COVID did was slam on the brakes for us. And all of a sudden, we woke up on the first day, oh, I've got nowhere to be. I know some of us were able to carry on working in some form or another. But for the most part, we suddenly had time on our hands. And yes, we started living in our slippers and our, 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 our daytime jammies, and then God just had to change the scene for the nighttime. And I'm hoping, even though this was forced on us, no one chose this, I'm hoping that many of you, despite the challenges, despite the struggles, were able to find some rest. See, rest is very welcome to us when we're tired. But for the most part, we tend to applaud those who don't rest. For the most part in our culture, we tend to applaud those gladiators who go to work and work 18 hours a day, six days a week, and are somehow able to drive a four-hour sleep. Now, maybe that's okay for a season, and some of you have had to work those kinds of seasons. But what comes with that kind of lifestyle is any humane amount of anxiety, any humane amount of stress, lack of faith, relational and family breakdown, and, and so often burnouts, physically, emotionally, and spiritually. And so what if, what if, as we think about our lifestyle, and as we think about rest, what if God's Word has something to say about that? When I say God's word, don't just think of a rule book. I've come to know this idea of God's word just being God's wisdom to us. And what if God's wisdom, not my wisdom, not the world's wisdom, or the wisdom of the age, but what if God's wisdom is infinitely greater than the wisdom of the world, and what if he's got a better way for us to live? And so that's what we're going to be speaking does, is he organizes this kind of championship showdown between his God and the false gods of the people around him. And so he organizes that the 450 prophets of Baal and the 400 prophets of Asherah have a showdown against him, the single prophet of Yahweh. This all happens at the top of this mountain. Some of you have been there, the Mount Carmel in Israel. This incredible kind of explosion of, of challenge and explosion of power. And this is how the challenge went. It said, okay, I'll tell you what, I'm going to build an altar to my God you build an altar to your false gods, and the one who answers the fire, he is the true God, and that is the God that we as God's people are going to continue to worship. So, 
Elijah, the one who is issuing the challenge, he said to the guys, well, you know it. So they set up the altar, they take the pieces of the bull, they put it on top of the altar, and they start praying. And now there's hundreds of them praying loudly and shouting and dancing. Elijah's just sitting there, gets to like midday, nothing's happening. He starts mocking them and taunting them. He says, well, maybe you're going to sleep, or quite literally, he says, maybe he's in the loop. And so these guys get even more frantic. They start dancing and shouting and actually cutting themselves to the point of blood flowing all over that mountain. Gets towards the end of the day, and again, nothing's happening to Elijah's team. So he pulls the altar of Yahweh, and he places the pieces of the bull on top of some wood, and then he soaks the altar three times so that there's water filling the trenches around the altar, and he prays. Man, God comes through. Fire comes down from heaven. God heard the prayers of Elijah and consumed the entire altar and the, the bull and the wood and the water completely. Now, for many of us, the story stops there. That's just part A. Part B, on the same day, Elijah has another moment where he's used by God to do something amazing. See, Israel, up to that point in time, had been having a devastating countrywide three-year drought. And so Elijah prayed to God. He said, like, God, won't you send the rain? He said to his servant, won't you just go to the edge of the precipice here, look out towards the ocean, and tell me if you see a cloud. So his servant goes out, comes back, and says, no, 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 there's no cloud. Elijah carries on praying, sends him back seven times. The seventh time, the servant comes back and says, you know what, there's a cloud on the horizon, the side of a man's hand. And Elijah knows that God is answering his prayer. Within moments, it's like a half-ounce thunderstorm. The wind is going, and the rain. you're putting in the hard yard, and you need praying, and you trusting God. And that moment comes, man, when He just breaks through into your life, showing you that He is the God to your wishes. I know that sometimes I have those moments on Sundays. I, I love my Sundays, and of course, there's all sorts of other times and glimpses we get of God's power during the week as well. But sometimes, I mean, especially when we started having multiple services, I'd get home after a Sunday and I'd be totally tired. But I can look at that day and say, wow, God showed up. It was as if God was physically tangible in our midst. It was as if He was speaking to us in, in one voice as a church, through the worship, through the fellowship, and through some of the sharing that happened on the stage, and through the word. You just know God was there. Spiritual high. But what goes up? Must come down. And so we're going to read from 1 Kings 19 about the crash of Elijah. So let's read. Now Ahab told Jezebel everything Elijah had done and how he killed all the prophets with the sword. And so Jezebel sent a messenger to Elijah to say, May the gods deal with me, be it ever so severely, if by this time tomorrow I do not make your life like that of one of them. Elijah was afraid and ran for his life. Now, let us think about this. At first glance, this sounds ridiculous. He has just had a showdown with hundreds of false prophets. And he saw God come through by appearing with his power in fire. 
Then he saw God bring an end to a three-year drought by miraculously bringing rain that this country so needs. He had been at first ten participants in God's power overcoming all sorts of challenges and obstacles. And one woman is angry with him and he goes running. Husbands, no poking your wives. <laughs> but do you know why? Reminds me of a time that I was in the south coast of a telling my family, and I knew there was going to be another family from the south who's moved overseas now. And um, the guy, a friend of mine, he was into spear fishing. And I'd never done spear fishing before. So he said, Hey, Steve, she had some gear, let's jump in the pool, get used to it, she has a wetsuit. And so, man, I was just looking forward to the time when we would go spear fishing together. We got to the day we would go spear fishing. He phones me that morning and says, Stephen, I'm so sorry. But I'm so ill, I, I really cannot go spear fishing with you. Did you know what? I did. I'm going to go on my own. Right? I mean, just a few years ago, almost 20 years ago, I was a good swimmer. Right? What, there's a whole lot of stuff I've never factored in. The point being, I found a point on the beach that looked like it was a cave. It was a rocky beach. There's a channel going out to the mangle. Swim out on my own. Felt strong, it's pretty easy to get through the waves and kind of start bobbing around and swimming around behind the battle line, looking around, didn't see a lot of fish, but it was just a wonderful experience. But you're fighting the, the slightly choppier seas that there were that morning. You're fighting the currents, I mean, you're out there, you're not in a swimming pool. Started getting tired, started to realize, I think it's a good idea for me to come back in. Look back towards the shore, and I could not find the channel that I swam out all I saw was waves and layer upon layer of rock. Started freaking out. I realized the only way in was to actually allow the waves to take me in over the rocks. So, started going in. Eventually, you get into the wave zone. The waves start pummeling very properly, four, five foot high at that stage. I remember just dislodging my moss and dislodging my snorkel and getting you know, lungs full of water. And then eventually the ground was more shallow and these same waves were pounding upon the rocks and these waves had to take me over layer of layer of rocks. That is the only way I came in. Thankfully, I had quite a thick red suit on that I still managed to cut my hands quite bad. Eventually got to the point where there was almost no swell left and I was sitting on a rock that was under about two feet of water and the wave at that stage was just like a ripple over my chest. I could not even lifts my arm. I honestly thought just a few minutes earlier that I was going to die. I was so exhausted and defeated at that point in time. So what does that have to do with Elijah? See, it's an incredible mystery, an incredible blessing that God uses us to do incredible things. But even when God is using us we need to realize, and I need to realize, and Elijah needed to realize, that God is still God and that He is still not. You see, we are designed. We start to believe that I need to be in 100% control of all things. My future, my destiny, my entire surroundings, my environment, and my world. And so I try and exert my power over things over which I have no power. And so what happens when you do that? It's 
See, God has an infinite supply of energy and resources and life. We have a finite supply of those things. So even at our best, even if it is God who has worked through us, even the best of us get to a point where we are so depleted, so at the end of our resources, that whether it's physically or emotionally, we can barely lift a finger. So let's read from the mid midway of verse 3 onwards. When he came to Beersheba and Judah, he went to servant there, while he himself went a day's journey into the desert. He came to a broom tree and sat down under it and prayed that he might die. I've had enough, Lord, he said. Take my life. I am no better than my ancestors. I want you to see his state of mind here. His state of mind is, listen, I mean, just bear in mind what he's just experienced. And now he's at a point where he's saying, I'm done. I'm alone. There's no one here with me. There's no one here for me. My life is worth nothing. I want to die. He was coming face to face with his own limitations as a human being. But notice, not only was he physically tired and spiritually and emotionally tired, his brain was tired. Something very interesting stops going on here. Instead of his brain simply recognizing his own finitude and his own limitations, his brain starts interpreting these challenges and extrapolating the point of falsehood. Not only are you tired, no, 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 you're alone. Not only are you depleted, no, 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 I don't even desire to carry on living. The problem is, we and Elijah, we start to believe our brains at this point in time. Can a reading and see how this developed from verse 5. Then he lay down under the tree and fell asleep, and all at once an angel touched him and said, Get up and eat. He looked around, and there by his head was a cake of bread baked over hot coals and a jar of water. He ate and drank, and then lay down again. The angel of the Lord came back a second time and touched him and said, Get up and eat, for the journey is too much for you. You see, here is God, our Father, wanting to restore and nourish and encourage Elijah. But notice what God doesn't do. What God doesn't do is what sometimes what us preachers do, or our kind of like encouraging, positive voice people do. He doesn't go to Elijah and say, Elijah, you can do it. Elijah, get up. Stop being such a weakling. Come on. You can go on. There's more in you. He doesn't even try to fix his thinking. He says, have a nap. Have something to eat. And have a second nap and have something to eat again. I'm hoping you're seeing the application. That sometimes when we are at the end of our life, when we are so depleted and so vulnerable, or maybe you're walking with someone who is at the end of their line, sometimes the best thing you can do, sometimes the most spiritual thing you can do, is not try and get up and carry on going like a gladiator. But it's to have a nap. And to have something to eat. Husbands, tell your wife, I told you, you're allowed to do that. <laughs> then get up and have a second nap. And have something to eat. See, this is where we need to understand that rest is productive. I'm not talking about laziness, but rest is productive. Spoke earlier on in the message about this lie we believe 
that we are only productive when we are active and doing things and working and making something of myself and go, 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 and we tend to equate rest with laziness and being unproductive, and that is not true. Listen to this quote. I wrote this quote down a few minutes ago. I forget which book or blog or whatever it came from, so I don't know who the author is. But it's so profound. He said this for all of history. We used to work to make things, now we work to make us. Can you see the difference? Meaning we work to create a persona, meaning, and identity. See, when you believe that your meaning and your purpose and your identity is all wrapped up in your activity, no wonder we don't rest. No wonder we get to the point where we are so depleted cannot even read one thing. Right? Good rejected your covenants, broken down your altars, and put your prophets to death with the sword. I am the only one left now, and they are trying to kill me too. So maybe you think that, well, Elijah had an appetite to food, he had an appetite to food, and he obviously gained enough strength to go on a, you know, an intensive 40-day travel journey. Surely he's done. He's okay. And what we're going to start to realize is, yes, resting the mind and sleeping, what it does for our minds and all our bodies is amazing. And when we nourish the mind and the body with, with food and nutrients, it's, it's amazing what that can accomplish in order to rest us and prepare us for life. But God knows something that we don't always know, that what Elijah really needs cannot be accomplished by sleeping and by eating. Elijah's still at a point where he's still believing that he's alone and his life is not worth going on, in spite of all his experiences. Now, I don't know if you've ever thought like that. Maybe it happened now during this time, maybe you're feeling like that right now, maybe thinking back to a few months ago, a few years ago, where you were at the end of every internal resource that you had, and you started believing you were alone. And you started believing there was no reason to carry on going. Was that true? Maybe, but probably not. Maybe, just maybe, I'm throwing this out there, maybe because you get your news from bad social media. Or maybe your brain was doing to you what Elijah's brain was doing to him. For me, just the way I'm wired, there's something in me that tends to do that. It tends to look at all the scenarios and see the kind of less favorable scenarios and focus on those. There's something in me that starts to imagine worst-case scenarios and get all anxious about that. And I, I know that about myself and I need to manage that about myself. But then March comes along and this pandemic hits us. My brain started doing that. What if, what if, what if, what if? Then my brain thinks, no, why? Because God is faithful. God is still building his church. God is still strengthening us. God is still sustaining us. And he still is not done with us. He's got more than we are going to do in his kingdom. Now imagine I start believing my brain in March. I'm not going to be here. As I know him, I don't know if you what you read online, but I know there are many pastors that are not standing in the pulpits today. 
because of some of the realities. So God says, Elijah, I don't want you to eat more than a little, more than some food. In verse 11, the Lord said, Go out and stand on the mountain in the presence of the Lord, for the Lord is about to pass by. And then a great and powerful wind tore the mountains apart and shattered the rocks before the Lord, but the Lord was not in the wind. After the wind, there was an earthquake, but the Lord was not in the earthquake. After the earthquake came a fire, but the Lord was not in the fire. And after the fire came a gentle whisper. When Elijah heard it, he pulled his cloak over his face and went out and stood the mouth okay. See, just the problem with the way we live our lives in the go, go, go world, forging our purpose and our identity by our activity. When we are so encumbered by anxiety and stress and activities, we don't have time to receive what we need most, and that is the presence and the voice of God. Oh, but Stephen, you have no idea what's on my plate. You have to see what's on my plate. You would know I don't have time to slow down. You would know I don't have time to sit and relax in the presence and receive the voice of God. And I'm saying, well, maybe that's true. Let me ask you one question and then I'm going to move on. When it comes to everything that's on your plate, how much of that is from God and how much is from you? When Elijah needed more than food and sleep, Pop psychology was the presence and the voice of God, and God finally got up to the point where Elijah's heart rate and his mind was slowing up, that he could actually encounter the presence and the voice of God. One of the reasons, by the way, that we have church on a Sunday, you never wondered why. You go, 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 Monday to Saturday, and then we ask you to come to church on a Sunday. There's one of the reasons. One of them is this. Because we know that he doesn't keep himself away and just give us some peace. He gives us himself because he is the God of peace. And an outcome, a gift, a reward of his presence is peace. And in the same way, God doesn't just rescue magically. He gives you himself. Listen to what Jesus says. Matthew 11, verses 28 to 30, he says, Come to me, I want you to walk glory and burden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me. For I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. I love the way Eugene Peterson paraphrased this in the message, probably some of the most beautiful words and paraphrasing. I've ever come across. He says, for the same verses, he says, are you tired? Now just receive these words yourself. Are you tired? Are you worn out? Are you burnt out on religion? Come to me. Get away with me and you'll recover your life. I will show you how to take a real rest. Walk with me and work with me. Watch how I do it. Learn the unforced words of grace. I won't lay anything heavy or ill-fitting on you. Keep company with me, and you'll learn to live freely and lightly. So I want to invite us together, those of you who are even online with us, whether you're online now or later, 
And I want to do exactly that. Where we together come to the one who says, Come to me, you who are weary and heavy burdens. That we come to the one where rest and peace truly reside. That we don't come to Jesus asking him for something else, we come to Jesus asking him for him. We allow him to rest us, to nourish us, to give us what we need. I don't know where you're at, but I want to invite you to pray with me together. Just as you close your eyes, just like God has not yet done with Elijah, if you're alive and breathing, God has not yet done with you. And I don't know how hopeless you're feeling, or how drained you're feeling, or how at the end of the resource, your resources you're feeling right now, God still has work for you to do. And so God wants to give you what you need in order to do what He wants you to do. And so as you pray, I want to just give you some small prompts and then give you some space, just in the quietness of your own heart and your own mind to pray to God. So it's not just me praying for you. We're praying to Him. And so as we do this, as we come to Jesus, I want to invite you, if, if you're burdened, if you're tired, if you're exhausted, take this opportunity, something to time. I'm going to use hyperlimited religious language. God, I'm tired. God, I'm done. Notice how honest Elijah was. Come on, you die. I don't know where you're at, but just, God, shares wherever I'm at. I'm, don't even go. God, I'm such a bad Christian. I'm so burdened and I'm such a bad Christian. No, 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 don't even go there. Just tell God where you are at right now. Why don't you also take a moment to tell him what you haven't believed about him? Maybe I'm just going to throw a few things out there. And as it lands with you, just repent it back to God from your heart. Maybe you haven't believed that the rest is productive and that the rest is part of God's design for your life. Maybe you believe that your identity is to be found fully in what you accomplish on your own. That you need to control hold the whole you. It's taking you to the end of yourself. Or maybe you believe that rest is exclusively found in some of the good things God gives us, like sleep and healthy activity and healthy eating, and that's fine, but maybe you stop short. And you still know your soul still yearns for genuine deep rest. And so as you process those thoughts to God, reflect to Him now what is true, what you do once. God, I come to you because I'm weary, I come to you, Jesus. To take your yoke upon me, to learn the unforced rhythms of grace, 
to work more rest and more time now in your presence, God, because that's what I need most. Be fed by you. Encounter the God of this world. Because I need you, Lord. And so, Holy Spirit, I'll ask as you are here, and as you are with all of us who are physically here and those of us who are gathered wherever we are engaging in this message, Holy Spirit, I pray that you impart something, the Spirit of Christ in our hearts this morning. That we feel burdens being lifted, souls being nourished. So, Holy Spirit, come. Give us what you truly need. Bless us the peace of God, the rest of God, the grace that you give. We pray this in your name. Lord God's people said, Amen. 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 Well, guys, well done. We've just had our first service together. Well done for being patient with all the people. Please, uh, we are so excited about we will have another service similar to today next weekend. Please be patient with us as we do need to register and do all those kinds of things. Just really what is required for us to be wise in this. Uh, but also, don't forget about our 10 year birthday. I promise you, you won't forget because we're going to send you all the information that you need in order to register for both the, the 10th, which is the Saturday, little pot thinky, as well as the 11th, which will be just two special services for us to celebrate what God has done to the Mark of our church. God bless you guys. Just to remind you, you need to go out there. That's right, Scooter, correct me, yes or no? Okay, you're going to go out there, go around, get a cup of tea or coffee, and just have a wonderful time of fellowship. God bless you guys. Eh?